Hello, everyone. Welcome to Walking Without Rhythm. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And we're talking about Frank Herbert's fourth Dune book today. God Emperor of Dune, which was published in 1981, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, The last Dune book to have been written before... A Dune movie came out. Hmm. Um, because I think the David Lynch Dune movie came out right around the time Heretics of Dune came out. 84-ish? Because that's when Heretics came out. Yeah, I think that, that was it came out in 83 or 84. Okay. 84, because um, George Lucas wanted David Lynch to direct Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Which... If you if you all can track down that interview where David Lynch talks about meeting George Lucas and stuff, it, it's pretty funny. David Lynch is quite the character. Um, briefly, I want to talk about Jodorowsky's Dune, which was the Dune movie that never was in the 70s. Because I think... Many seasons from now, we'll probably review the documentary made about this nonsense movie where Jodorowsky decided he wasn't going to read Dune, but he wanted to have an acid trip movie where you didn't have to do drugs. Mm. And someone told him about the original Dune book, and he said, oh, I'm making that into a movie. And then he wouldn't read it. But the I didn't know that part. I only knew he made a documentary that was basically just about, I didn't make this movie, but if I had made it, it would have been awesome. Well, they did a lot of pre-production on it. Hmm. I don't think they cast anyone, but there's H.R. Giger worked on this, a bunch of the people that worked on Star Wars worked on this. Um, I think Dan O'Bannon may have worked on this, too. And Hmm. basically, all the people other than Chodorowsky that worked on this, went on to do all these science fiction movies in the late 70s and early 80s. It's bizarre. That's the only interesting thing about it. I think it would have been a giant pile of trash. Um, Jodorowsky is not the director for Dune. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I know there's fans of his who think that this would be the greatest thing ever. It wouldn't. Everyone would have hated it. It would have bombed. But yeah. God Emperor of Dune takes place uh, 3,000 years after uh, Children of Dune. Leto is controlling just about every aspect of humanity at this point. He has lived 3,000 years. And it slowly be turned into a sandworm-human hybrid. As we can see on the legendary cover. Yeah. Which, I showed an image of that to Noah, and he didn't want to read this. Like, immediately. I said, but people consider this one of the best sequels. Uh, yeah. This is his downfall, pretty much which is kind of interesting. Uh, We have multiple Duncan Idahos, because we can't not have Duncan Idaho 
The one thing I have been spoiled with is knowing that Duncan Idaho is in every one of Frank Herbert's books. Oh, I didn't know that. In some way, shape, or form. I don't know how how he's going to appear in the next ones. Maybe it's not a Gola. That's what they are in this one again, right? Just clones, essentially. Or they're, they're, yeah, they're Golas. Yeah. Resurrected tissue. Specifically of the original Duncan tissue, so they have no memories of Dune Messiah other than they have a compulsion to kill Paul because the original Gola had that compulsion. Or Children of Dune. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I totally but I find it. it I find this weird. If we just go with these four books, uh, we have Duncan Idaho in the original Dune. Okay, then he gets resurrected essentially for Dune Messiah, and that's a bigger plot point. And then mm -hmm. his only role in Children of Dune is to get cucked. Yeah, and to show us House Carino. Mm, yeah, that that's kind of the the point of having him, and then yeah. he's. Spoilers, killed by Stolkar in like a accidental assisted suicide, which is quite unique. <laughs> yeah, and then in this one, it kind of feels similar to Dune Messiah in a way, how he's acting. Yeah, well... It's, but it's, it is somewhat different, well, because basically he's like, he wants to figure out what happened to all the other Duncan Idaho's before him. And that's what all the Duncan... There have been tons of Duncan Idaho's. In fact, they kill one in the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. And we get another Duncan Idaho. Um, and Leto... Leto's weird. In the, it's hard to describe how Leto acts in this because he's 3,000 years old. He's not really human anymore but he's the most human of anyone mm -hmm. he has all the ancestral memories and he can call upon them at any time but at the same time he can't he doesn't have a lot of human functions anymore so when he falls in love with a woman named we who is me which faction make like creates we the, the Twi'laksu, or is it... Yeah, the, Ix the Ixians? The Ixians make yeah. Hui, because um, Leo fi essentially fires and you have him flogged, their previous ambassador. He has someone flogged in this movie, which, in this movie, in this book, which is so bizarre. Uh, meanwhile, we have... Um, the and uh, descendants of Ganema are still around. He he has controlled the breeding program mm. uh, that the sisterhood had, and he has quote unquote perfected it for the golden path. Yeah, and so the last Atreides we get is Siona. Yes, and she and that was very interesting at the beginning how she was set up uh, because when we first meet Siona. She's trying to get into Leto's like castle thing and steal information uh, about him and find out his weakness because she's part of like a rebellion, mm -hmm. like all the Atreides are, and that's a thing that he keeps in their breeding is that they rebel and then he breaks them essentially because her father was also a rebel 
and he broke him and made him his most trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. But um, the beginning, it, first of all, they don't call Dune Dune anymore. They just call it Arrakis because there's barely any desert anymore. Yeah, it's now just a normal green world, essentially. And the only desert left is a specific area that Leto has kept. For himself, essentially. Mm-hmm. I should say the sandworm part of him. Because he cannot have water on him. Yeah. The, that's like his weakness. But most people don't know that. They think he's a god. Because he's lived so long. Also, he resembles a sandworm, and there aren't any left mm-hmm. at this point, which is interesting. Um, we haven't even talked about the, his army of all women. Oh, yeah, the fun part. The fish seekers, uh, which are, it's a, he decided through all of his ancestral memories that he didn't want any men in his military because they're prone to sexual assault and just they're unpredictable so he just has women he's an all-women army but he keeps the duncan around he has to have a, a duncan idaho because the women will die for him essentially which is just weird and he uses know. the army for breeding as well yes he uses everyone for breeding Mm-hmm. And what's really weird is that um, I can't remember her name. the The latest Atreides, Siona. Siona is supposed to breed with the new Duncan, but her whoever ancestors is another Gola Duncan. Mm-hmm. And that that that's just bizarre. And I'm trying to remember her father's name. Here. Oh yeah, he's a pretty big character in it yeah he's probably my favorite character in this i think even though his name's moneo moneo moneo's interesting because he won't take spice to prolong his life so he's really old and he wants to ladeho's so worried he just wants to die and so you, you kind of see a little bit of the human in Leto, but he doesn't show it to Maneo. Maneo is deathly afraid of what he calls the worm, which the the, the sandworm aspect of uh, Leto is incredibly violent. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a scene where there's an uprising and they try to kill Leto and he just goes ballistic and like runs them over with his cart and then jumps off and just starts beating everyone up and he, he's this massive worm so he's just crushing and rolling over people <laughs> um, that's great is is that the scene where Duncan Idaho has to strip naked no no that's another there's two different uprisings that happened you're thinking of the first one with the uh, the fake Fremen. Mm, yeah. Because there really aren't any Fremen. They call them museum Fremen. Yeah, and they're basically like a tourist attraction. Yes. 
And there are no Chris knives any. Well, there are a couple Chris knives, but since there's no worms, they they can't have Chris knives. So someone has a fake Chris knife, and it just looks terrible. Um, it's just it's so weird. The this this book is really weird, and we, I've been dodging around the the point of this book. The point of this book is really philosophy, and I think it's Frank Herbert's philosophy on government and humanity as a whole, because there are a lot of politics brought up that really resemble our politics, and it, to me, is very clear that this is an 80s book mm. of someone who's sick of the Cold War, because we they talk about capitalism and they talk about communism in this. Mm. And I think it's really fascinating that they go through the pros and the cons of it. And Leto ultimately being like, my golden path is the best option for humanity. Um, but. Yeah, that's inter that's something I noticed when I finished. There is basically only one bigger action scene in this near the end. Yes. You know which one. And the rest of the book, I've seen this as a criticism, but I think it's the highlight. The book is basically just Leto talking the entire time and doing like philosophy stuff and discussions. And that's basically it. And I like it. Yeah. Not all these books need to be action-packed. In fact, with the exception of the first one, they really aren't. Yeah. It's a lot of scheming. But yeah. in this, it's there isn't a lot of scheming. The rebellion plotline really isn't a thing. Yeah, which surprised me because the opening sets up Siona and she's like, okay, I found a weakness of the mm. God Emperor, you know, love. Love is his weakness, his humanity. Uh, but it doesn't really factor in and she becomes more like a side character. And I thought she was going to be the new, you know, main lead Paul. character. Yeah, she was going to yeah. be the Paul character for this. Yeah, but instead we really do only focus on the titular God Emperor, Leto. Which is fascinating because he's so interesting and you end up feeling sorry for him yeah uh, which is like, which is weird because would you have thought we could have had a book with a giant human worm hybrid monster and he's like a fascinating character that you want to read about yes I, I only frank herbert i think could pull this off and his his love for we is just the saddest thing mm -hmm. because he doesn't typically when he has like those human urges for lack of a better term he goes into his past and like can go into a trance and just relive that from the past uh, from his ancestors but with we he cra really craves to be human mm. and she doesn't really love him she feels bad for him. She likes him, but she loves Duncan Idaho. So you get this weird love triangle. Yeah. And um, she ends up sleeping with the Gola Duncan, who's supposed to be Siona's mate. Which we don't get resolution for that in this. Oh, we do at the end. Well, we do a little bit. We get the idea of what's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. With Siona, which I think is pretty messed up um, for Siona. It, it literally, I think we were supposed to get the juxtaposition that she's becoming Leto. Mm -hmm. 
Because Siona has a purpose, and we're not going to get into that because that'd be spoilers. Um, but there is a reason that Siona is the way she is. And it was by Leto's design. It's just so it's so weird the the amount of like stuff that Leto can do. Like when he wants Duncan to do something, he uses Paul's voice. Hmm. But it's not it's clearly not Paul. It's Leto, but it manipulates Duncan into doing things for him. Uh, oh, another thing. No uh, shields anymore. Hmm. They're using laser guns, which I thought was weird. That was like, oh yeah, that's an entire point that Leto is relying on forbidden, uh, more advanced technology. Yes, he's going against Bular uh, Bularian Jihad, and he he's using Twi'laksu technology. Yeah, and um, that's a big no-no. But he treats the he treats everyone like trash, and I kind of love it. Especially the Benny Gesserit are treated terribly, and that made me giggle because the Benny Gesserit are just so awful. Yeah, that was a good part. Um, they they're the worst, and then they they're trying to kiss up to to Leto because, um. Uh, the Twi'laksu tried to assassinate him and they find out about it. Um, and then he's like, okay, you can have your allotment of spice for the next decade. <laughs> Instead of, like, they thought they would get more spice so they could do their reverend, reverend mother trances and stuff. Uh, because there's no spice really anymore. Leto has the biggest store of spice because like he's the only one that can even kind of make it. But there's like a big, big um, store of spice on Arrakis still. Mm -hmm. And he, because he controls the spice trades, he controls everyone and they all hate him. Uh, and people get punished by losing their ability to have spice. Or getting their spice cut. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because now spice is even rarer than it was in the the original Dune, which it was pretty rare then. Yeah. But um, part of me wants to talk about the ending, but I kind of don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we don't want to spoil too much, I guess. It it's it's gonna end the way you think it's gonna end once you hit the halfway point. You kind of start to realize that this is gonna go. The way you think it is in the typical Dune fashion, but there there are reasons behind it, and that for that reason, I don't want to spoil it. It's a really really good book. Yeah, I think I might rank this above all of them. Oh, I think this might be my favorite. Hmm. Um, because, I mean, of course, it's better than Dune Messiah, in my opinion. Most things are, because there's just not a lot to that book. But, you know, Dune itself is kind of a long-winded book. It's a great epic, but 
I think it's one of the weaker Dune books. Uh, but I think I like God Emperor over Children of Dune. And I mm. really liked Children of Dune. See, that's why I'm not sure. For me, the original Dune is like untouchable. But then I'm not sure about the second place. I don't know if I like this more than Children of Dune. They are basically equal almost. It feels like a continuation of Children of Dune. Oh yeah, sure, for, for sure. Um, but this, as they put it back in the 80s, they did two great Dune trilogies. And this was the beginning of the second Dune trilogy, but this is a standalone book. Yeah, that the was Herbert's two, original plan, right? Yeah, yes. The next two books were going to be part of a trilogy that Frank Herbert died before he finished, and then, of course, Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert took that idea and then made two really long books that I don't think anyone likes. We they have a bunch of nonsense in them. I, I got spoiled on those. I won't spoil it for you because I want you to be as shocked as I was when I found out about it, but there is some dumb stuff in there. All right. I'm excited. And I know you're going to be upset because you're not a big Kevin J. Anderson fan. Yeah. I, I like Kevin J. Anderson. Uh, I'm very interested in reading the his books essentially for Dune, they're they're very different. So we're gonna have a Kevin J. Anderson style Dune book. Um, do we want to talk about that? They're finally doing the final part of this Heroes trilogy of Dune books. Oh yeah, they announced uh, what's it called, Princess? Princess of Dune. Yeah. Which is, from the description, the backstory of Jenny and Irulan before the events of the original novel. Yes, because we just got done with the Caladan trilogy. I think this was early this year. They did a Caladan trilogy, which is just Leto and Jessica right before Dune. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a sequel to the original Dune prequel trilogy. But it's just really, they're three short books, just kind of leading everything up to Dune. Because why not at this point? But back in the day, Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert did a Heroes trilogy, I think is what it was called. The first one was called Paul of Dune, and it really, as I recall, I think some of it has to do with stuff in the middle of the first Dune book, and other things, it ties up certain plot lines that were never brought up again that were left open in the first Dune novel. Hmm. Um, Paul of Dune is considered the better one, and then they did the Winds of Dune, which sucks, and is, like, universally not liked. Even Matt Wilkins doesn't like it. That should say something, because he loves his Kevin J. Anderson books, but he does not love the Winds of Dune. Yeah, he and it was a waste of time. And as we know, that heroes series uh, basically got shafted after that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they said the third book was supposed to be about uh, Irulan. So yeah. this, I don't think they've officially said it, but it more or less is 
a continuation of the hero series, I would say. Which I think is interesting. Irulan is one of the most underused characters in Dune. Yeah. But you I know? wonder how the book is going to play out with being a backstory for Irulan and Shani. Yeah, the juxtaposition is going to be funky. It mm-hmm. could work. It could, yeah, it could maybe be entertaining. Just par- par- parallel storylines. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah, pretty much. Both lovers of Paul. Only... What they were doing just before they met Paul. Yeah. Oh, Paul. Sad boy, Paul. Your son turned into a weird worm monster. And controlled humanity because you were afraid to do it in his eyes. Yeah. That's the only thing I wish we had gotten. Was some more of the abomination stuff from Children of Dune. Mm. With, um... Oh, Ilea. I wish we would have him talking more with the uh, ancestors. But I get that doing that, that would make him abomination. Mm. Even though he kind of refers to himself as abomination. Like an in-check abomination, which I think is weird. Mm. Oh, your dog is going crazy. Yep. His dog's fine, everyone. His dog's a big baby. And just every day acts like his... It's the end. Sky's falling and all that. Um, for those of you who, which is all of you, uh, who don't see Noah's face, he looks deeply embarrassed right now over this dog. Yeah, that's what. Ha- but I have to leave the windows open so you can hear him because it's really hot today. How hot is it over there? Uh, I don't know. It's like over twenty-five degrees, definitely. What's your boiling point? Celsius. Well, I mean, is it 100 degrees Celsius? Oh, no, oh, you mean the freezing point is zero. That's when... That's when it's really cold. Yeah. See, I, you all don't have air conditioning, as I recall. That's not a thing where you are, so I get it. I'd probably be fine in it because it's always... Where I live gets really hot. Which we're in a we're in a heat wave right now. Hence why we're recording at seven o'clock in the morning my time. Before it gets too hot to have the PC on. But anyway, that's uh I almost said Dune Messiah. <laughs> that's God Emperor Dune. Um highly recommend. Out of all the Dune sequels, this is one of the one of the better ones, but you do need to read the previous Dune books, because if you skip from Dune to God Emperor of Dune, you're not going to understand what's going on. Yeah. Definitely. Which is kind of weird why he has the Duncan clone just remembering the first Dune, because it makes me think he was going for like, oh, just read the original and you can read this one as a standalone. But... Yeah, that doesn't work at all. No. No. It's, they they do reference Children of Dune quite a bit. Mm-hmm. This, not quite a bit. They they reference it periodically. 
because we you find out the fate of Ganema and um the Carino that was her um her lover. Yeah. You know, that awkward scene from Children of Dune. Yes, many awkward scenes. Uh, but of, oh, one point I wanted to talk about, uh, just for the end here. What did you think about the time skip of three thousand years? If it's like really felt in the story, it's felt. It's very different. Yeah, because that was something I was interested in. Because I knew we want we were gonna keep Leto and then Duncan, but I was just curious because the first three Dune books all have the same main cast, mm-hmm. and now we are at a very different point. I think that was on purpose. I think he was done with Children of Dune. Mm-hmm. He had an idea for Leto and no one else. And I guess bring a Duncan Idaho back, because why not? It's kind of great that they cast Jason Momoa to be Duncan Idaho. So if they want to move on after Dune Messiah, cause that's that's the plan, is that they're going to stop making Dune movies after Dune Messiah. They can make a children of Dune. I don't think you could ever film this book, God Emperor of Dune. I think it would bomb at the box office. I don't think anyone would understand what was going on. Oh, because it's just too boring. Yeah, it's dialogue. Yeah, just philosophical talk and discussions. When you first told me that, that you think this couldn't be made today, like as a movie, I thought you meant some of the... Sensitive stuff in it, you know, the problematic bits out because they take all that stuff out of Dune. Hmm. That's not even brought up. Barrett Harkonnen is kind of boring in the new Dune movie because he's not a gross pervert. That's a shame, but yeah, I I just want to get gross. Yeah, he's just angry and kind of creepy, but like, and kind of like, yeah. He he comes out of some weird goo in the new Dune movie. He's not like he was in David Lynch's Dune. He has like all these boils and stuff, and he screams and spits. Mm. And, and then Faye Ralpha comes out and sting in a weird cod piece. Like it's, memorable. It's very memorable. I mean, Faye Ralpha isn't even in the first of these new Dune movies. Mm. They just cast him as the guy who played Elvis in that latest Elvis movie. He's gonna be Faye Ralpha, and I'm like, okay, because I mean, I wasn't a fan of Timothy Chalamet being Paul, but it worked. Oh man, but yeah, I want to mention my one of my favorite lines in here is Leto basically telling Duncan, uh, "Men in the army are gay." Yes, that is that is a thing. The the weird weird sexuality talks with Leto. Yeah. Which I don't think... I'm sure some people will be offended by it, but it's so bizarre that I don't know how they could be. It's just weird. Well, his whole stance on sexuality is just bizarre. Because he's lived essentially thousands... Well, he... Leto himself is 3,000 years old, but he has memories essentially going back to the beginning of time at least potentially. Mm-hmm. So he's lived all these lives. He's 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 just every human memory, which is, is really weird. And that's what 
he decide like he just decides that it has to be all all women because the men get bored and like do heinous things to people and women wouldn't do that but i kind of disagree i think anyone put in that circumstance would would start essentially for lack of a better term pillaging hmm. um but the whole keeping the Duncan Idaho there is so weird. Essentially for sentimental reasons. Uh-huh. But the thing is, it's a Duncan that he never knew. It's but at old. the same time he does, because he multiple times he contemplates like, oh, they, these Duncans are all the same. I can always predict what they're going to do next. Mm -hmm. And at which point they may become rebellious yeah he can usually tell when he has to kill the duncan and that that's a plot point near the end of this one he's he's contemplating killing the duncan the current duncan and the twilaxu do not or is it the ixian i get them mixed up because mm. they sound similar in my head yeah um whoever it is, they don't have another one ready and he doesn't know if he could handle having being without a Duncan. Because I guess the fish speakers really, they really like the Duncans. Yeah. I mean, the previous Duncans impregnated a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great scene we should just talk about briefly. Okay. When the current... Gola Duncan ends up meeting the previous Gola Duncan's family mm -hmm. and gets all emotional and stuff. He just feels terrible. And the little boy's like, you're not my dad. I'm like, damn. That hurt my heart. Good stuff. Yeah, because there's one that he has, the previous Duncan had two sons. One's like a teenager and the other one's a little boy. Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just sad and it's weird to think because he has like this weird relationship with Moneo you know Leto's right hand man yeah. who is also an Atreides because he's Siona's father but one previous Duncan was his dad not necessarily his dad and he was yeah, an but an ancestor. an ancestor yeah yeah yeah. every once in a while Leto throws in a Duncan into the gene pool for the Atreides because he wants traits. That seems to be what... He's like a big gene splicer, but he's just making people sleep together, breed together. And and the Duncans always resist it. The Duncans get all upset about it. I mean, rightfully so. Duncan keeps saying, I'm not your stud. And I love, I, I kind of love having Duncan Idaho in this because he's just a stranger in a strange land. Yeah. He doesn't get it. And we don't get it. And I think if we didn't have Duncan Idaho in there, this would just be too convoluted. I think that's why he put Duncan in. Mm, makes sense. I remember initially when I was reading this, I'm like, I wish we had Gurney Halleck. Mm. Gurney Halleck would have also worked, but I think 
he didn't want to have a, an additional Gola of Gurney and have to explain that. Yeah, it's easier just bringing Duncan back. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I I think so. Plus, Gurney Halleck honestly did like next to nothing in Children of Dune. He was off doing something for most of the book, and then he'd show up and he was still doing something. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of the few things that I, I wish we would have had explained is was he and Jessica seeing each other? It's implied, but it's never explained. Mm. Which I think if they are, that's pretty funny because he, he wanted to kill Jessica in the in the first book. But Anyway, that's that's about what I have to say about God Emperor. Yeah, good book. Uh, maybe, maybe the second best after the original for me. I'm still not sure, uh, but we can all agree it's better than Dune Messiah, which it's, is not bad, but it's it is the weakest. Yes, I I just think that this book is so much better than it could have been. This could have been schlocky trash. Yeah, you look at the cover and you think, oh, this is not going to be good. But then it is. It's like making an interesting character drama with Jabba the Hutt as the main yes, character. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. This is what the Jabba comics should have taken inspiration from. Which might be the only time I ever bring up that they were Jabba the Hutt comics. Because they're so stupid. They should have just read God Emperor of Dune and ripped it. It wouldn't be the first time that they've they've ripped off something in the Star Wars expanded universe. I mean, they made the Whitney Houston the Bodyguard movie into a book. It's called Shadow Games. They're pretty much the same. Yep. So, anyway, have a good one, everyone. And remember, walk without rhythm, or you might attract the worm.